Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Uh, we will do a quick little run of housekeeping items. This will be the first of just two. I think it's a smarter way to do this, by the way. Yeah. We are going to be doing the postseason grades. Uh, we used to break it up and have three or four teams a pod. We're going to do it a little bit more efficiently now and just have the Big Ten East, the winner of the Big Ten. In this podcast, so we'll do all seven teams in the East. The next podcast, we will give you the the season grades of Big Ten West and, and do it like that. And we've gotten a request. Yeah. Same. To okay. do a helmet ranking. I think we should do that, re-rank the helmet, which is getting back to our roots, because that was... was It's the first episode we recorded, I believe, but we didn't publish it until later. Or was it uniforms? That was It was was uniforms. It was not helmets, it was full uniforms, but I think it's the first thing you and I actually I know the first thing we recorded was ranking the uniforms. Yeah. What I was... Was it uniforms and helmets, or did we... No. Just it, uniforms. Okay. So so this could be a standalone. This is a standalone. For the helmet. It's, okay. Yeah. I We need to triangulate it, I think. So me, you, and a third person, obviously our guy, oh, DS, well, would be. Then DS is the guy. Okay. So so yeah. that way you have three points of data as opposed to two. Yeah. Don't okay. you think that's smarter? Right? Yeah, probably smarter. Yeah. yeah. We're already offering up DS. Neither one of us have, be, have even reached out to him. He'll be fine. He'll be, he'll, he'll he'll be do fine it. with it. He'll suck it up. A um, couple things uh, I, to put you on the spot just a little bit. I didn't go down, but you and a couple of our buddies went down mm. to to Arizona to check oh. out the Super Bowl. Gosh. Uh, yeah. You know, it's something we did because we're all... Uh, to, to be clear, you didn't buy tickets to the Super Bowl. <laughs> did not go into the Super Bowl, but you could literally peek out, like peek your head around the corner and see the stadium right there. That's how close we were. Uh, it was just something, th- three of us all have birthdays, and we're like, hey, we should do something. One guy was turning 50. So, you know, we were just going to go to Vegas, but we're all a little too old for Vegas, I think, at this point. I mean, it's fine. And then, oh, yeah, we'll just go to Arizona for the Super Bowl. And at, leading up to it, I'm like, yeah, well, I'll have a good time, but I'm not expecting that much. I mean, you know, there was hardly any, any our, uh, myself and these three individuals with you and two other dudes. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of chatter but in our text group I, no. about going. I, I even was, I think at some point I'm like, is is the trip on? <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know. I, and so we went and um, we just, we got, we had got convinced that we had to go to the Phoenix Open because it was the same week. They, they, AKA I, the Waste Management Open. A handful of people told all of us, if you're there that week and you don't go, you're just wasting a trip. So, okay, so we go to this thing. We barely made it there, by the way. We almost decided not to go because we're having such a difficult time with Ubers. By the way, the amount of money we spent on Ubers, unbelievable. They were just jacking it up. Unbelievable. And everything is so far away in Phoenix. So we we stopped halfway, basically. We had, we had to get out of this Uber because it was just a disaster. And so we were almost just 8 to 200 bucks a piece. It was 200 just to walk into the thing. So we almost ate the money and didn't go. Top three sporting events of my lifetime. Oh, wow. You're going to go that high. I mean, I knew you were happy. Indy 500, Kentucky Derby, Phoenix Open. And, and in terms of like a party, right? It was a scene, man. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know, and I didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea. I think I, I had more knowledge of the Waste Management Open being a party than you guys did. So the big hole is hole 16 where they create like a kind of an encased stadium mm-hmm. to to it um 
but at every hole, imagine every hole, they've erected a temporary nightclub. <laughs> and then uh, uh, people are partying everywhere except for the fairways and greens. And imagine pro golfers <laughs> just walking through all of this yep. and trying to golf at the same time. Yep. Absolute insanity. Complete bonkers. When I went to the Kentucky Derby, huge party, never even set eyes on a horse. And I mean that. I literally didn't all day long. I saw one guy take one stroke. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And I only did it because I'm like, I have to say that I watched golf yeah. when I came near it. So yeah. I stood there and, I, and the guy took like 25 practice swings. He finally hit the damn ball. I'm like, okay, Got I watched it. golf. Move on. Uh, we only stayed there for a couple hours, but man, what a blast it was. I, nice. would, I would definitely go back to that. And then the scene around the Super Bowl, too was just rocking man we it was obviously hard to get a table so there's kind of three rings around the stadium and as you went in the further in the crazier it got so we got to ring one and we're like this is too nuts for us we have to back out so we went out to ring two okay and we actually got to sit down in front of a bunch of tvs perfect place to watch a game outdoor bar nicer bar i think i'm a ring ring two guy we were ringed guys all the way uh, we, we originally had gone to this other bar and sat down, and there were three Eagles fans that, I mean, exactly. Picture, come up with in your mind with the three worst Phillies, or, uh, 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 Eagles fans of, of your, that you can imagine. It was those guys. They were, I, they were right. We were like, we got to get out of here. You know, that's, you know the, uh, the term, uh, the exception that proves the rule? Brett Ciancia, well-known Eagles fan, he is the exception that proves the rule. Every every other Eagle fan besides him, mostly D-bags. I will say, for the most part, the people that we ran into were fine. But when you ran into somebody that wasn't fine, 100%, they were Eagles fans. <laughs> I really mean that. But I found myself uh... cheering for the Eagles despite that because I just mm. really wanted Jalen Hurts to win. Yeah, I'm fine. I like Jalen Hurts. Fine with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. I'm, I'm yeah. I am not cheering for the Eagles anytime soon. And boy, what a game he! I, had. I, by the way, our guy Bug too. He's an Eagles fan, so I guess there's two exceptions that prove, oh. prove the rules. Okay, Bug's yeah. an Eagles fan. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry, but, Bug. But, um, but advice to anyone: first of all, go to the Phoenix Open if you if you ever have a chance. Please go because it is a blast. And oh, by the way, the scenery. Mm. Wow, the scene. Hey, we ain't talking about the not, desert landscape. Not talking about the cacti. <laughs> Dear Lord. I mean, there is nothing less than a seven there. Oh, and the fantastic. average the average is right in that eight and a half to nine. The meaty range. part of the curve. Oh right man. There. Dear Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pulled a few neck muscles. <laughs> um and then speaking of the Super Bowl, great football contest. Great football contest, but also that was a great time too. I wasn't really expecting that much, like, okay, we're going to be in Phoenix and yeah. the Super Bowl is going to be played somewhere in our proximity. But big, big fun party the whole Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the key was you found a good spot where you could get a drink, go to the bathroom, but still, you know, watch the game, yada, yada. That's yep. always key. And it was outdoor bar, 75 degrees. Of course. It just couldn't have been nicer. Um, shout out to all the Big Ten players that won a ring for the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably a couple of them, you know, the their second ring. Um, I just want to give a shout out to... Running back Isaiah Pacheco, yeah, from the, from Rutgers. I mean, patting ourselves on the back, breaking my arm, patting. We talked up Isaiah Pacheco a ton on this podcast during Always. his Rutgers days. Even with that being said, he has surprised me how physical and explosive he has looked. He, yep. he has looked down the stretch for the Chiefs. What a stud! And Anyways. Nick Allegretti did it. He got on the field for a snap. 
Okay. At least a snap that I saw. Way to go, Nick. Nice. Illini. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, like I said, if I was a uh, more committed or had more time, I probably could have listed out all the Big Ten guys that got a ring. Sorry I didn't do that. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Um, okay, moving through a couple other housekeeping items. We've had, a, a, it's been a merry-go-round of sort for Big Ten coaches. It has. Yeah. Want me to go down go the list it. here? Okay, so first of all, at Michigan, they name Sharon Moore as the sole offensive coordinator. Remember, he used to split those duties with Matt Weiss. Matt had that little online kerfuffle. Out the door he goes. And then Chris Hilo leaves. As linebackers coach, in comes Chris Partridge from Ole Miss, who had been there before yep. as linebackers coach. Who had coach. been at Michigan before. He yep. had been at Michigan before. At Maryland, this one's interesting. Yeah. Kevin Sumlin gets hired as the tight ends coach and co-offensive coordinator. That's a huge name That's for That's a huge for name, that huge hire. He, I think he's been kind of purposely keeping himself out of the limelight here for a season or two mm-hmm. to let the heat go down yeah. a little bit. Perfect role. To come back, but what a mind to bring in for Locks. This is a great coup by Locks. Yeah, incredible. And then at Wisconsin, Gino Gadouli, former quarterback of Cincinnati, hired as the offensive corner slash, I'm sorry, tight end slash passing game. Tight end coach slash passing game. Not offensive corner. Does the Grandpa Simpson, comes right in the door, <laughs> right back out. Yeah. No longer at Wisconsin. I mean, literally, like, two months he was there. He he came over with Fickle from Cincinnati. I think he was with Fickle at Cincinnati for yeah. two or three years. I don't know. In a long. similar role. Yeah. Um, gets hired by Notre Dame to be some version of their passing game coordinator. And then, interesting enough to me is, I mean, I just read, you know, I'm kind of hard up for uh, uh, college football content, you know, we're, we're in the meaty part of the off season right now. Like when you're in between the national championship and spring ball starting, there's just not much going on anyways. But I read an article about, you know, the Notre Dame offensive coordinator situation. Again, I know it's not a big 10 team, but they lose their offensive quarter, Tommy Reese to Alabama. They bring in Andy Ludwig, Utah's offensive coordinator to the, to the point where, there's apparently a you know a contract discussions. They take him to a Notre Dame hockey event, so he's out in the public. Mm. No, we don't want to pay the three million dollar buyout. He goes back to Utah. What a horrible handling of the situation. I guess to me, it's like it, I. It's just another sign of the big business feel. Unfortunately, that is college football now. You never used to see coaches like this getting you know snagged by one team and moving around like once you got or did we just not know it because it wasn't everywhere on social media hey Ludwig's at the hockey game right now this stuff probably happened and maybe be a little blurb in the paper and you just you forgot about it yeah you're you're bringing up good points something like that Anyways. By the way, Notre Dame, maybe tap your law school next time. Get a little (laughs) advice from them before you start flying people in. I don't know. I just think that is one of that's an embarrassing thing for Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you bring this guy in that deep? It like I understand if you do it behind the scenes and there's no confirmation, but when you take him to a, a a sporting event in the public, and then you say, well, we don't want to pay the three million dollar buyout. So either you you became a cheapskate and you have an endowment that NFL teams would be love to have. Yeah. 
or you just didn't know about it and what you're alluding to stupidest thing i've ever seen but okay anyways. speaking of isaiah isaiah pacheco Rutgers has hired former minnesota two-time offensive coordinator kirk shiraka to be their offensive yeah. coordinator another good hire i think it's a good hire i mean they they needed to shake up desperately on offense and hopefully this is it i i think kirk needs to he needs to stay in the same spot for a couple years yes. and reestablish himself. Yes, like, he absolutely that is does. Minnesota, Penn State, Minnesota, Rutgers in four years. Yeah. So he needs to chill out and figure something out. Yeah. I mean, it's Agreed. interesting how little that worked. I mean, we just assumed he's back with PJ. He's back with Tanner Morgan. That, that it was going to be this improvement match made in heaven getting yep. the old band yeah, back together. That was not the feeling for most Gopher fans last year. Yep. So He's doing the Marla Hooch. In the batter's in the, box? Out, out of the batter's yeah. In the batter's box? I always box? try to find that GIF. But you just can't find it. It's that. hard to find, but I, I don't know what Hold on. Is. I found it recently. Yeah. But I don't remember. I think I might have just looked up, uh, what's the name of the movie? Um, League of Their Own. I think I looked up A League of Their Own and scrolled down for like 10 pages before okay. I found it. Okay. I think I, I think that's how you do it. I've, I've searched Marla Hooch. You can't I, search Marla Hooch. Okay. Doesn't work. It's a great scene. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I just... By the way, just, I mean, it's a... It's a you gotta admit that's a that's a good baseball movie. No, it's, it's, a, enjoy, it's it, a great. Baseball it, it really is. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. anyways, all right, all righty. Let's is that it. On. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna get right into the uh, team grade. So how we're gonna do this is we're gonna start from the top. So first place team all the way down to the seventh place team. We'll go pretty quick through this. Um, we've got each of our own kind of take on this. So. We're not exactly bringing these together for an average. Kurt will give his grade. I'll give my grade. We're also going to give team MVP and just general comments right there. Okay, so first place, obviously, was the Michigan Wolverines finishing the year 13-1, and 9-0 in the Big Ten with, obviously, that last co loss coming from TCU in the college football playoffs, second year in a row that Michigan has been to the college football playoffs. So, uh, do you want to start with comments first well, or grade or how I, you want MVP? How you want to go? I'm going to start with some quick comments about okay. the season. Just like what they did in the season. Very easy. As we pointed out many times, non-conference schedule. So you can't give them hardly any credit for beating Colorado state, Houston, Yukon, big 10 champions, easy win against Ohio state. That's obviously huge for them as, as big as maybe winning all the rest of the games combined. You make the playoff again. So that was their aspiration. They got their really tough lost opportunity though, yes. in that game. That's a game that they probably, I mean, certainly could have won it, but they probably should have won it for a number of different reasons. The two pick sixes, the first and goal at the one yard line. I, I think a couple questionable calls yeah. by the off by, or I'm sorry, by the Michigan defensive staff. I thought they got out coached a little bit, out scouted by TCU too. So it just leaves you yes. wanting more. So I can't go an A plus. But I'm gonna go an A. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, what? What? Honestly, one of the first things I thought about is something you've pointed out on this podcast before. Is th there seems to be a bit of a disconnect on how great Michigan's greatest seasons are the past 50 years and yeah. the, and the reality of what those are. When you look in the last 50 years, I mean, 1997 is pretty much far and away their best season. Yeah. So what I guess what I'm saying is like the standard for Michigan, it was more like a, a 10 and two, mm -hmm. 11 and one somewhere like 10 and a half wins. Yeah. So when you're 13 and oh, this is historically, you could make the argument, I think pretty easily the second best season 
in Michigan I, yeah. history for the last 50 years. I think you had. I think 48 was their previous national championship. So I think you can go back to 1948. Yes. I would say 97 so, in this past year were their two best seasons. So, yeah, 1949 to present day. Yeah. This was one of their. Okay. So I didn't mean that so much as a slight to Michigan. I mean it like. You have to point this out, how great of yeah. this two-year run that Khaki Pants is on. You know, and he flirts in and out with the NFL, but 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 you got to give it to him. So that's where, to me, yes, I also have them as a team grade of A, even if they would have just beat TCU. <laughs> yeah. I think you would probably give them an A+. Plus. Yeah. Or at least... It depends what the game looked like against Georgia. If it looked the same as it did the previous year, maybe not an A+. Plus. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, uh, but again, kind of like you pointed out, whenever you beat Ohio State and Michigan State in the same year and win the Big Ten, I I know that the the nature of sports is to rip one of our ribs out of our midsection and stab us with it. I mean, that's essentially what sports does to us over and over. So that ending with TCU is, is how that went down. But in the end, it's a great year. Uh, And for team MVP, I think it's pretty obvious to me, but I got Blake Corum running back. You got to go with Blake Corum. I mean, he was absolutely incredible, but um, there are a couple other players you could pull out for recognition on uh, surprising you for how good of a season they have. Um, I think I think JJ McCarthy deserves some credit for how good sure. he looked down the stretch at times, but in the end, I just felt like it was Blake Corm's team. And by the way, I mean they didn't have him versus Ohio State. They didn't have him in the Big Ten championship game right. or in the college football playoff. I, it almost seems like that got glossed over a little bit. It did. Um, it's almost though. I mean, because they didn't take a huge step back when he was out. That so that's the one thing that I considered maybe not giving it to him. But I just think he he was the the best player. Yep. All right, moving on to the second place team. It's a collective cringe from Buckeye fans. It is the Ohio State Buckeyes at eleven and two overall. 8-1 and one in conference with, obviously, their only losses being to their bitter, bitter rival Michigan and then in the college football playoff against the eventual champion, Georgia. Yeah, so the offense was great, obviously, right? Again. But at times, didn't it seem a little bit mortal to you more than in yes. recent seasons? Yes. Okay. The defense played really, really well for most of the year. When did they not play well? Well, right at the end of the season, when it when it really meant the most, they played. They gave up thirty points to Maryland, their second to last game, forty five to Michigan, and then forty two to Georgia mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So they kind of got let down again by their defense, even though the defense statistically on the year was good. When it had to be great, it wasn't. Now, yes, this, the ha- the when it had to be. Yep. That's the point. Okay, but. And, and then here's the other thing. Everyone was complaining about their running game a lot, right? Wasn't that kind of a common yeah. theme? Okay, I, so I had, to, I had to do a little bit of a dive here. Pass yards on the year, 38-78. Amazing. Right. Rush yards, 25-01. That's pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I get it. It's skewed towards the pass, but that's what they want to do. They ran the ball well. Every running back with more than two carries on the year averaged five-plus yards per carry. It's insane. And, and it, the thing is, is... Kind of the the uh, knock on that was that the offensive line wasn't playing as well as they would have liked them to for the second year in a row. Those stats don't show no. that the O line had issues. They had issues at keeping running backs healthy. No fault of their own. The sure. stat you just gave is still kind of incredible. 
But that is like I, one of the notes I have written down is it's tough grading in Columbus here because yeah. I, I, I mean, we're going to have it'll be interesting to see what your grades at because that's how high the bar has been raised by Ohio State through the years. And then the offensive bar for what Ryan Day and the crew has set out there. Um, um, so I guess, you know, Ohio State fans, take that into account. You're the victim of your own success type of deal. Um, I do think Jim Knowles had the defense looking a lot better as compared to how it looked in 2021. There's no doubt. I okay. mean, they were like top 10 in most categories for most of the year. Yes. But that will be their focus in the offseason is how can our defense look better in the big moments? Me thinks they will get it figured out soon enough. Um, I do want to say, you know, going back to the uh, the championship game, I mean, all of this stuff that we're talking about is not being discussed or probably isn't if they beat Georgia, oh, and which all, all they had to do is make a kick. All they had to do is and then, and then you're right. You're not talking about that. Well, making a kick would have would have you know gone into overtime. Well, okay, fair, what fair, I was right. going to say is don't blow coverages in the fourth quarter. All right, you fair. don't go into I, I, unless I'm wrong, again, I should have looked this up, but I think they were up by 11 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they were up by double digits several that, times. That's on I your think, defense. In the game. That's on your defense. And, but and I mean, C.J. Stroud and the boys were dealing totally. on offense, and then they lose their alpha male wide receiver in the game. Another thing that I don't think is discussed as True. often as it could be, like the offense did what it could do. The defense had their chance to step up and snag probably what would have been another college football championship if they hold on in that in that fourth quarter. I'll see your blown coverages and I will raise you some Ole tackling bullshit too. That too. It was like it was like Tommy Eichenberg was the only guy that yeah. really wanted to tackle at times on that Ohio State defense. But again, this is us uh it, it's tough grading. I, I've got a B. I've got a solid. I've got a solid B as well. Okay, because you, I kicked this around. You were so close to winning a college football playoff game, and then you you know you get your rematch, and it's hard to beat a team twice. I think they probably would have been favored. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, yes, I think they would have smoked TCU. Not maybe as bad as Georgia did, but they would have beat them. Yeah. Um, but as an Ohio State fan. Hopefully we can hear from some of you because I don't think an Ohio State fan wants us to give an A or A minus. No, I because know because that yeah. they don't. You don't lose to Michigan. I'm not sure they want us to give them B though. They they might not. I know they might even be upset. But I with don't. A B. You can't be upset with eleven and two. You can't say it's <laughs> less than a B. That's the other side. Like, you can't. Your only two losses <laughs> were to to Michigan to and, and, and the team that won the college football. Right. Right. It's a team just, that made it and a team that won it. I mean, both Michigan and Ohio State, how do they feel about these seasons? Like, they both have plenty to be happy with, but you know the things that they will remember the most from these seasons, unfortunately. It's the curse of fandom. Dude. Nobody, like, nobody wants to be happy, really. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think I'm alone no, they, there. They, they want to be happy. It's just an almost an, an impossible thing to reach. But that's why we're fandom. That's that's why. By the way, this could apply to the next team we're talking well, about here I'm, too. Yeah. By the way, team MVP. I, I, it's CJ Stroud. I, it's got to be CJ Stroud. Sixty six percent. Three thirty six hundred eighty eight yards. Forty one touchdowns to six interceptions. I, my eyes popped out. I didn't realize his 
his ratio was that good. You could talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. seventy-seven catches. Marvin Harrison Jr. most talented, perhaps guy on the team, but MVP. I'd like to say beginning of the year, I said I'm not sure this isn't the best receiver on the team, and he proved it. Yeah. Um, and also shout out to Tommy Eichelberger because he did have 120 yep. tackles yeah. on the year. Yeah, he was all over the place. Um, and yet still, I see uh, draft pundits all the time. Having, I mean, I saw C.J. Stroud fall to like the eleventh pick. I mean, come one. on, come on, and, and and come on, definitely the third quarterback, if not the fourth. I just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. And one of the knocks people had on C.J. Stroud was not coming up big in big games. He was incredible in the in the college football playoff game against Georgia. He was on point, man. They had Georgia's defense had no answers no. for what he was doing, especially when he had a healthy receiving crew. All right, moving on to the third place team, the Penn State Nittany Lions, also eleven and two overall, seven and two in the Big Ten, with their only losses being to the two teams, of course, that we already discussed, Michigan and Ohio State, and then a thrilling yet somewhat Dominant second half in the Rose Bowl, eleven and two Rose Bowl champs. That is a darn good year for for Penn State. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Penn State fans I know are also restless. This is a great season, but they want more. And and I I understand that. Like, why don't we get to beat Ohio State? Why don't we get to beat Michigan? Why can't we make the college football playoff? And who knows with Drew Aller coming in, maybe he's the guy. I think what they really needed. And I'm going to, this is a little contradictory, but they need an elite quarterback probably to take that next step. But here's the thing that I really liked about this season. They start off the season with Purdue, right? Close loss or a close win at Purdue. Almost all their other wins were blowouts. Yep. There was not a close game amongst them. Especially down the stretch. And they played Ohio State tough. Yes. Which nobody had done up to that point in the season. And because of the BS... I don't know. Except national lazy, lazy. Wow, that that game doesn't count. But the BS nationally lazy, the BS national laziness take on the Ohio State Penn State game was that it was two pretty good but meh performances. No, those were two phenomenal teams battling each other close. Yeah, that's what it was. And Penn State and Ohio State, quite honestly, did not get enough credit for how good that that game was. And I think Ohio State. And Penn State proved it down the road. What are some of the things that we've wanted to see out of Penn State since essentially you and I have been recording the podcast? Better O-line play and rushing attack. What oh boy, oh, did we... Well, that, but also like an hellacious defense of the, of the old... Well, but I think we've felt good about Penn State's defense. This was different. Though. I understand. But you're, you're, you're saying what I'm saying. Like, there hasn't been very often... I mean, throw the 2020 season out. In the last five years, you have felt good about Penn State's defense yeah. c- consistently. Yes. I agree. They took it up a notch yeah. this year. But the biggest jump in what we have always wanted to see yeah. being old school Big Ten fans was a dominant uh, Penn State rushing attack. Holy cow, did they and get by that? The way, both these things are coming back next year. Yes. The dominant rushing attacks coming back, and I think the dominant defense is coming back. This is a team to look out for. Absolutely it is, which I'm just going to go right to my team MVPs. I cheated. I went with both Nick Singleton well, and Katron Allen. Did you give your grade, though? I haven't given my grade yet. I just figured that would play into it. Um, so you went with them as your team MVPs. Okay, because this is this was my thought process. I can't pick a singular person on defense. Joy Porter Jr., no, I, I agree. Um, incredible, but yeah. that's... 
they were the epitome of team defense. There yes. just isn't somebody to to pull out no, of there. There's not. I love me some Sean Clifford. I do. I don't know if they were winning or losing games strictly off of Sean Clifford. The offense just overall felt better this year. Why? Because of that rushing attack. And like I've had Penn State fans point out to me, was our offensive line really that much better? Or, or did yeah. we just have two five-star running backs that came in and yeah. played like five-star running backs? I think that the latter might be the case. But I went with Sean Clifford just because of his toughness, a little bit of a uh, career achievement award here. But look at 64% completion, 2,800 yards, 24 to 7. And went out in absolute style in that Rose Bowl. Probably played his greatest game. So he was nails. In some the of it Bowl. is probably recency bias too. But I think he was the heart and soul of this team. The leader, the veteran, so I'm giving it to Sean Clifford. Heart and soul of the team, uh, MVP. I would not put up a big argument, and yet <laughs> Penn State fans were mixed with him well, but, all the way down to the third quarter of the Rose Bowl. Uh, but, so, <laughs> but hold on, but so am I. Like He was good, but not good enough to make the playoff. Maybe when this thing's all said and done with our podcast, we should make the all-mercurial team. Yeah. And maybe Cl- maybe Clifford is the is the captain of that team yeah. because you never knew what you're going to get with Clifford. Yeah. I'm going to miss the guy. I am too. But now praise be Alar. We'll see how things go praise moving forward. Praise be Alar. All right. I'm, I'm, this is one of them that I was most interested oh, in. Oh, yes. Ahead. Go ahead. Uh, oh, what? what? Great. Team grade. Oh, Sorry. team grade. Yeah. Oh, straight up B. I want the solid <gasps> B. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, am I off? I went with A-. minus. Hmm. The only thing you didn't do was beat two of the best four teams I know. in the country. I I will say I debated between A- and B+. This is also kind of like Ohio State. Like, are Penn State fans actually going to be mad at me that I gave them an A- because I'm not giving their program enough credit with that? Well, and here, read this note. B, because and- I know Penn State fans are restless. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so the, I, that's basically why I didn't. All right, Penn State fans. Kurt had a B. I had an A minus. Who are you most frustrated with? Or who do you? Yeah. Who's, who's grade do you there's, like the most? I guess the, it does. There's the question. All right, moving on to the fourth place team, the Maryland Terrapins. Eight and five. Four and five in the Big Ten. They also won their bowl. They won the Dukes Mayo Bowl, where we got to see our guy Locks get drenched <laughs> in mayonnaise. <laughs> One of the greatest visuals of the Big Ten season. Um, yeah, what do we think of, of Locke's squad here? All right, so this team has steadily gotten better every single year we've watched them, right? I think kind of to the surprise of both of us. Eight wins. That's pretty big. That's They went over. Was that a, not kind of the step that Penn State fans were looking for this year? That Or uh, uh, Maryland fans were looking for this year? Absolutely. I don't think you can... Go back to the start of the season and, and turn down an eight and five year. I I agree. I think if you asked Terp fans though, they would have wanted eight wins in the regular season. Mm, okay. With nine wins, or maybe it's a higher up bowl that they didn't get that ninth win. Does that make sense? I guess what I'm saying is if if you so I know Terp fans want to beat Penn State probably about as much as anybody on their schedule it didn't happen this year it doesn't happen very often then i don't think a ton of terp fans thought they were going to beat michigan and ohio state so there's three losses right there okay i think they maybe would be more upset with the fact that they lost to purdue and wisconsin do you think 
Well, okay. So, so I guess if I'm a Terp fan, I'd be like, okay, I can excuse Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Well, but let, losing to both Wisconsin and Purdue is probably the part that annoys them the most. Well, let me flip it. Let's look at their wins. They beat three pretty bad, mediocre to bad group of five teams. Yes. All right. They beat Michigan State. Yep. Not that impressive. Not that great this year. They beat IU in a close game. Mm-hmm. They beat uh, Nebraska, was it, in a close game? Yep. Or was it Northwestern? North, no, Northwestern. Northwestern in a close game. They beat Rutgers. Then they beat NC State. Right. In the bowl game. So and what, look a at stripped the, down NC State. A good point. Yeah. A stripped down NC State team. So who? what win can you look back at and say, well, there you go. That was really And the, here's what was crazy about the Terps. I swear at times they looked worse in their wins than they did in some <laughs> of their losses. Yeah. If you remember, they were punching with Michigan very well. Yeah. That's true. They had moments. I mean, well, they, they put up points on Ohio State. Correct. I mean, I don't think there was any ever fear that they're no, gonna, but they're gonna be, um, they. I mean, they looked. They barely busted a grape against Wisconsin. Um, conditions had something to play with that. Could have beaten Purdue. I mean, that was a. That's well, another thing. Maybe to, okay, maybe should have beaten Purdue. There is. This may be the uh, uh, the, the ref year. The Terps fans, yeah. you know, that could be something that they throw out there, Let, too. Let's be honest. They got screwed. They got screwed at least once, if not twice. Yeah. Michigan was a... That's a good point. They got screwed a couple. There, there would be the debate. So when that, did they get screwed more, uh, Purdue or, or Michigan? Okay. Not only that, but Terps fans wanted eight wins in the regular season. Well, you, yeah, you kind of did. Yeah, he he kind of got kinda eight. Had it. Yeah, yeah, and you got screwed. Yep. Dude, It's. I guess it's the theme we have here. I know, but you kind I mean, it's another fan base. We're four deep now that can certainly feel happy with how the year went, but still yeah. probably have more frustration to point out. Okay. Do we want to go team MVP or team grade here? It's up to you. Okay. Team MVP. This was tough, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the Sean Clifford thing here. I'm okay. going with Leah. Talia okay. Tungavailoa, 67%. So really efficient. 3,008 yards, only 18 touchdowns. I know. And eight interceptions, got banged up a lot, yep. played injured, so I got to give him credit True. for that. But like Clifford, leader, heart and soul, tough guy. Um, I I was gonna send you a text at, at one point. I, I I was gonna say, feel free to have fun with the MVP because I might have done that a couple times myself. Okay, and I figured you would take Leah. I'll say this though, when I looked up Leah's stats, it it seemed like they were better stats watching him in the year than what. He wound up with. I think the maybe end, we fo- maybe we focus during in the moment on the yardage and stuff like and that, not so much the touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so so don't get me wrong, Leah's a good pick. I I would not besmirch anybody for having Leah. You know, I, I liked Hemby at times. Yeah. It, it just there was never anybody consistent enough on both sides of the ball to mm-hmm. really take this thing by the reins. So I gave MVP to Locks. Oh, all right. Uh, as much as you know, we've. We've gotten on locks yes, a little bit, have. and I think we've been a little too hard and a little wrong. He's he's doing well. He's doing very well. The, and, I, we, and we see it now with the the Sumlin hire. Here's what I almost did. And, and but, the point I'm trying to make is all of these guys that we could name that never really were consistent or consistently healthy. The old line had guys in and out. Big old lock sitting on the sideline is the is the consistent guy calling the plays, dialing up those first scripts in the first drive oh, that work for so a touch. 
So I get, I'm giving and, it to Locke. So I almost chose this guy, and it'd be a, really a, it would be a nod to Locke. So I almost chose kicker Chris Ryland. Had such a great year. We're yeah. not used to them even attempting kicks. Let alone making. So them. I, that's why I was going to have a little fun there, but I didn't. I went with yeah. two up. Uh, team Graham. Leo. I gave a solid B. I have got to be as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be upset with this. No. You got to be happy with this. But yet. But yet there's, you want more. Yeah. You're and, and, more. and I would say something as simple as having beat any one of those big 10 teams that we named, that would have gotten them up into a B plus, even flirting with an A minus, you know, nine wins. And you got to be happy because you got Hamby coming back. You got Leah coming back. Yeah. You have to replace some things on the offensive line, but I, I think they're still projecting well. And with that being said, if they go seven and five and win a okay bowl, I won't be giving them a B next year because I expect yes, more. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Fifth place team, the Michigan State Spartans at five and seven overall, just three and six in the Big Ten. Down year for the Spartans. Down year, absolutely. They just didn't have the mojo that they had had the previous year. Obviously, losing Kenny Walker was huge. But it seemed like everybody was just off a step, like a half a step off the whole year. Look at someone like Jaden Reed. Guy only had four touchdowns in the year. I know. I mean, when I was going through trying to select the... This was a a tough MVP to select. It it was. I actually... Shout out to my guy, Dougie. He actually helped me out a little bit because I was just flat out struggling. I have one. To find it. Okay, it'll be interesting. Um, You know, uh, (laughs) not to to dig up old bones, but... Me and you, we had the audacity to only pick Michigan State. I think I was eight. eight I was eight and four. four you were seven and five, seven and five I yeah. believe, and we got absolutely toasted for that. Yep. So the fact that Michigan State fans were mad that we only averaged seven and a half wins, right? And they finished two and a half wins under <laughs> that. That's bad. That that is not good. Um. Uh. I. I. With that being said, the expectations by Michigan State fans. And general people in the media were way too high coming into There's this no year. There's no doubt about it. it, it and Vegas kind of was giving you, us a nod with that. You don't lose a Because I think their win total was seven and a half is yeah. what Vegas said. Is that at. what it was? Seven, seven or seven and a okay. half? Okay, but you don't lose a Kenny Walker and just expect to win 10 games. And the general uh, newness, lightning in a bottle that they had under you know Mel Tucker's pretty much first year. I know it's not his first year, but yeah. it was like first full year. It's it is really asking a lot for a coach to turn around and yeah. do that a second year in a row. When you do that so early, you expect to step back. And um, by the way, team chemistry seemed eh. Yeah, with with all these transfers, Peyton Thorne, he never seemed to be in rhythm the entire season. Even when, even when he was having good games, just something seemed a little off. You have an explosion like a like a performance like Keon yep. uh, Coleman that Keon jumped. Coleman, yeah. But but then him, he only had what two I know, touchdowns? I know that's like like Michigan State fans should feel great about Keon Coleman moving forward. Yeah, but he wasn't MVP no. status. Jane Reed apparently just ripped up yes. down in Mobile. Yes, like one of the best wide receivers down there. But he we didn't get much no. out of him. I know you already kind of said it, but like it's not like Peyton Thorne had a bad year. It just never. Looks wasn't, great. The yeah. running backs were, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, like Jalen Berger was uh, uh, serviceable. Uh, fine. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna tick off Michigan State fans, but uh, uh, linebacker Cal Halliday. Uh, Cal Halliday was great. Uh, uh, edge linebacker. Oh, uh, uh, women. Yeah, he looked amazing, but then he got in trouble. Well, and he 
he looked amazing like the first three, four weeks. Okay. And then he just looked kind of not as good. Nor- yeah, just kind of. So, so I, again, I'm going to, I'll go into MVP if you don't mind, but shout out to Dougie. Cause I do think this is a good choice. I, I went with safety Xavier Henderson. Okay. Because and like, I'm literally just stealing Doug's stuff, but the defense was better when he was out there. Okay. I, so I think that gives you the MVP mm. status because but we, we when you're talked inter- about the defense, the defense was, we, you know, we bashed on the defense in 21. We were expecting more and hoping more for 20. They, it was not much no, better. No, it was. A little Maybe bit Maybe a better. little better, yeah. And, and and I will say, I think it was better when Xavier yeah. Anderson was healthy and in there. Well, they weren't the 131st-ranked no. pass defense, I don't no. believe, this past okay. year. So I think I know, if if we haven't named the MVP, I think I know who you're going with. Okay. Go ahead. Who do you think? I think you went with punter Bryce Merringer. Yes, I did. Yeah. Punter Bryce Merringer. Did you know that he was number one in average punt yards in the Big Ten and the country at 49.0? He was the consensus all-American punter in the country. He won the the National Ray Guy Player of the Week two times. 48% of this guy's punts went over 54 <laughs> or over 50 yards. 44% landed within the 20. Yeah. This guy, and he's going to translate to the NFL. Too, Absol- cause, oh, cause absolutely. Because he's, he's a boomer. He is a boomer. Um, and by the way, Dougie gave me permission to pick Bright Behringer okay. if I wanted to. Like, Because yeah. there's a little bit of a... Is this going to piss you off if we pick sure. a punter? It's a it's it's a bit of a backhanded compliment. Is, is, is but, it? But I, I but when you're that good. But hold on, doesn't that just kind of indicate that they didn't have a very good year too? Yes, because that's it, where the backhanded compliment comes. Okay, from. well okay. you didn't have a good year. Sorry, Sparty. That's true. That's the facts. Yeah, and he was freaking incredible. I mean, look at those stats you just read. It's amazing. Yep. Again, I'm. I figured you would go with him, so I'm kind of spreading the love around a little bit, but it, it's By the a way, good choice. Originally, an Illinois recruit. <laughs> of course. It always comes back to <laughs> But Illinois. could you imagine if we'd gone from Blake Hayes to him? Oh, How excited yeah. I'd be? Mm, yeah. I could die happy. <laughs> you won't die happy. No, I won't. <laughs> team grade. Oh, yeah. Team grade. We got to do the. Okay. What is the C minus? What is the C minus? Yeah. It is the. The last grade you can give before it's a bad grade. It's the last grade you can give before it's a failure. This season was a failure. They get a D plus. Okay. I those were the two grades I I went with. I went with C minus because they were look like they were destined for three wins at one point. Like yes. it looked bad. I want to give them credit. They went into the last weekend of the season, still with a chance to to finish with a winning record. If they win the last yeah. game, they would have finished six and six yep. and then gone to a bowl. I like to give teams credit for pulling out of a nosedive sure. and showing fight. And I felt like they did that beating Wisconsin, beating Illinois. Like I did not expect them to win either one of those two games. So I, you get a little bit of credit there. That's fair. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. All right. Into the sixth place team, the Indiana Hoosiers. Who did finish at four and eight, two and seven in the Big Ten? You kind of saw this one coming a little bit uh, after 2021 didn't look good. Things didn't get much better in Bloomington. Boy, they didn't. It it seemed a little better early on when they were when Bazelak was just slinging the rock all over the place. But then he started struggling a little bit. They decided to move on, and nothing good offensively happened starting at the middle of the year. You look back at their schedule, they beat a a putrid Idaho team. They beat Western Kentucky 
in overtime. I don't know how they pulled that game out. They beat Michigan State in overtime. I don't know how they pulled that game out. They were Rutgers' only Big Ten win. And they only beat Illinois because they didn't know they weren't supposed to. <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've been we've been a Tommy Allen fan on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe you were a little bit more of a of a TA fan than me. I was. Um, it was more out of hope, but it was also out of... Uh, there was sure entertainment value. Entertainment. There the crazy go. teeth yeah. and the face and everything yeah. like that. So, the goofy grin. Yeah. Um, but the bloom is off the rose now. Um, I, I I don't think there... What's... What's... Uh, I, I don't know what the... I, I don't want to use the word sad, but I can't come up. This The sad nature of, of being a Indiana Hoosier football fan is that you... You do get excited when things look better. The melancholy? Is that what you're looking for? Melancholy? Is, yeah. Okay. Um, and then when you realize it, it's not looking good anymore, that's it, it just it loses its steam extremely quick. Really and does. I think that's what we have. Whereas different football programs like, I don't know, Nebraska, like they, they have had a tough go of it, but they always feel like there is hope if we just do this or that, it'll be okay. I feel like with Hoosier fans, when they see things going off the rails in the football program, they move so quickly to to the basketball season, and that's what's tough for for Tom Allen right. or any coach that comes in. It's like they're only standing there to wait for it happen, and they turn around and just walk away, and then they walk away. Yeah, and yeah. and by the way, you know, there's an exodus of players, lose Desan McCullen amongst another of other Ugh, pretty big recruits, one. like a, a hand, like t- five six. Really big time recruits they've had have all left. And by the way, losing McCullough means you lose his little brother too. He's probably going to OU. Tommy knows how to take the recruits. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to hold the recruits. <laughs> yeah. That's really the most important part. Point. However, they do have the tenth ranked transfer portal class coming in, so that, They're that brings a little hope. Yeah, um, we need. I, can I say this? So, like when you look, when you went over and looked at their overall stats. Okay. And and I'm I'm focusing on offense for right now. Uh it, it was it was not a good old O line in, in Bloomington this it, year. They, they have still put points up on the they board. Don't put, yeah, they did put some points up, didn't they? Like I never felt great about their O line. I never felt great about their quarterback situation, but they would still figure out a way to make comebacks in the second half, stay in games that you didn't think they would stay. I, so I do want to give them credit for for that. Defensively though that that was bad, I, and especially and again this goes back to, to Tommy because he's the defensive minded guy. I never had confidence in their defense getting the, the other team off the field. No, for yeah. sure. And but you know the offensive line. This has been a problem the entire time we've been doing the big podcast. And I was talking about that tenth ranked transfer class. But you look in there, there's no linemen. It's like they don't even realize it's a thing. Like you, you got to be good there. Who's yeah, yours? you have to. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, wasn't really anybody I could pick on the defense that that really did anything for me. I will say this. When I did the stat dive, I'll be interested to see if this is who you picked. I, I was shocked to see this guy wound up having a good year. I went with running back Josh Henderson. Oh, 400 okay. yards rushing. Okay. Okay. But 275 yards receiving eight total touchdowns. Okay. That's a good one. 675 yards of total offense, eight touchdowns. Okay. All right. Stuff one. Hoosiers aren't going to like this. I, I tried I tried to do it, and that was a good pull. I was thinking about Jalen Lucas 
But he had he had even less stats. He mm. did have the two return touchdowns. So that's good. And point. He, as a freshman, I'm like, okay, this is kind of the yeah. hope for the future. But he just didn't have enough production for me. So I went with Charles Soup Campbell, the kicker. And here's why: in the Western Kentucky game that you said, how did they pull this out? That's how yeah. they pulled it out because yes. he had the 51 yard game winning yeah. field goal. <laughs> Not only that, but he was four four kicking in the game, and then. Against Illinois, he was three of three. They don't win that game without him either. Yeah, and, and I here's why I didn't want to pick him. He's transferring to Tennessee. That sucks. Yeah. But I could if, without him, this is a two win football team. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's a good argument for him being MVP. And by the way, those two wins are Idaho and Michigan State. If, yeah. If they don't have him on the team, so yeah. Chucky Soup Campbell. Wish we had better news for you, Hoosier fans. Hopefully, with the transfer portal, things will look better. But we got to get the Leo back. Not feeling a ton of the Leo well, right now. But remember, it's love, not like. We <laughs> yeah. love each other. We don't like each other. <laughs> Last team up in seventh place, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Four and eight overall, just like Indiana. Oh, we didn't but, do our, our grade. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. D. I got D, too. Okay, moving Solid on. D. Solid D. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I would have skipped over that. I'm always good at that. All right, let's do it again. Reset it. Seventh place, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, also at four and eight. And beat Indiana, but that was their only win in the Big Ten. They finished one and eight. By the way, when you look at the Big Ten teams in the East, in the West, when we do West, it's just a quagmire. With with the East, nine, eight, seven, four, three, two, one. Oh wins wow! In conference, it is as it is as exact as it possibly can be. First through seventh. I, I, That's you, amazing. You, you don't see that very no. often, where there's not a tie in there somewhere. Um, tough year. Uh, for Rutgers, <laughs> tough year. And so, I want to. Can I just say this? Because otherwise, we'll get talking, and I'll forget. The thing that I am most frustrated with, if I am a Rutgers fan, and this might be what I'm most frustrated with overall, or maybe I'm mostly frustrated with Greg Shiano. I don't know. But we foresaw a tough season, yeah, in in Piscataway. So my thought process was know who the younger players are to move forward with. I did not feel like I got that from this Rutgers season. No, because I'm not sure that that was really their what they were trying to do. He was he was trying pulling to guys in and plugging in. He was, he was hoping that that he could, you know, yeah. kind of finally break through and make that bowl game. Their highlight, by the way, I mean, I guess they beat Indiana. Indiana, but week one they have a comeback win versus BC. I thought they were down and out of that game, and I'm like, okay, maybe this is. Maybe this is the Rutgers team that a lot of people, a lot of a lot of Knights fans thought it was. Well, BC ended up three and nine. I know. Come to find out, BC is bad. Then they beat Temple three and nine. I know. Wagner was another win, and Indiana. Those are their four wins. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. And then uh, I'll go. Hold on. Let me go a little deeper. Leading passer on this team. Leading passer. Yeah. Seven hundred seventy-seven yards. Yeah. Leading rusher. Four hundred forty-five yards. So that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and. Maybe it's because that person just isn't on the roster. But if if everything you just said was true, okay, with the wins and who they beat and all that, but you knew Gavin Wimsett was the dude. Yeah. And that he threw a shitload of touchdowns and picks, you know, ran the ball well but fumbled. Sure. And that's why they lost the games. And then you'd be saying to yourself yeah. as a Scarlet Knights fan, hey, he was young. He made his mistakes. We see the talent. We're going to be okay. We just got to get him yep. dialed in. Right. I don't know if I saw that. I didn't see that. And I 
I, I, I don't have anything against the Rutgers football program. Like, but to, to, to use a phrase that, that kid, the kids use these days, they want he to be him with Gavin. I'm not seeing it. I wish I could see it. Haven't seen it. So far, he's mid, as the kids say. He seems to be quite mid he's, to me. He's no cap. No. I think. No. Okay. I think that's the one. All right. Um, Anyways, um, and then and the spreading around of when something looked bad because you had games where the defense looked bad and then you had games where the offense looked bad. There wasn't a – and I would say most of the struggles were on offense. But, yeah. yeah. But then defense, there was times I – mean, we've seen this in the past where – you're like, okay, I think I have confidence in this defense. But then they get worn down, not only in games, but they got worn down throughout the season. And like Indiana, we just need a better offensive line here in Piscataway. And that was, again, that's – I felt like we heard from some Rutgers fans when we had major concerns with yeah. the O-line. Like, you don't understand. We've brought in this guy and that guy. And it's like, but that's why your offensive line is probably going to struggle because you have brought yeah. in all these people that is hard to do. And that's, I guess, another thing that plays into it. I don't know if I, w- if I was Shiano that I would have wanted to have brought in so many transfer portal guys. I Like, you have... You, they like you in Piscataway. They would have been okay with one, even two years of you not getting it done. Play the younger guys and develop. I feel mm-hmm. like it, they... It's going to be an. It, it was another stuck in neutral that they almost have to start that yeah. up again next yep. year. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm hitting on that too much, but okay. Team MVP. Should we say it on three? One, two, three. Adam Corsack. We've never done an Eyes on Big podcast without Adam Corsack being the punter at Rutgers University. This guy won the 2022 Ray Guy Award, and he deserves it. I get it. Bryce Banger had a great yeah. year. I'm glad they gave it to Corsack because he's done it for so long. He was 2022 All-American, won back-to-back Ray Guy Player of the Week awards this year. He had one positive punt return in 75 attempts i'm gonna repeat that he had one positive punt return in 75 attempts the total return yards that he surrendered on the 2022 season negative 11 yards number one in the nation with 32 punts inside the 20 only two touchbacks on the year dude is this the greatest punting performance in big 10 history (laughs) it's gotta be up do you know how hard it is to be the first team punter in the big 10 well so he was <laughs> it's insane i mean he so okay was he first team punter in the big 10 though i didn't look that up because it might have been Beringer. <laughs> well, okay well, so, that's, that kind of proves my point but Beringer was a, a consensus all-american he was only an all-american he wasn't consensus so they kind of but he won the ray guy Beringer didn't I, he, and by the way you have like tory taylor <laughs> right i know <laughs> by the way Brad, Brad Robbins is in this conference. Right, right. Had a 77-yard punt versus Minnesota. This guy was ridiculous. I, and you have to ask the question, how bad would have this looked if they didn't yes. have him at punter? They, I don't know. They One game? They win one game? Switch, okay. They, swap, they would have beat Wagner, but... <laughs> swap out... Was that? Swap, yeah, Wagner. Yeah. Swap out the worst punter in the Big Ten on this team. I'm saying... I think they just beat Wagner. That's I'm, it. I'm not even sure if... It would take the worst, maybe just an average punter. I don't know. I'm, aren't, is, is that not the craziest you've ever heard? It's insane. Neg- I knew you would do it. I knew you would be a, do a good stat dive. I didn't know it would be that good. Two touchbacks in seventy-five attempts. Are you kidding me? It's insane. 
It's insane. Negative 11 return yards. We got to reach out to him. We should get him on the podcast. And, oh, God, and, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, let's do a quick little interview with him. Tell us how you became a, the magician that you are. You know what we should have? We should, we, if we could get a Zoom, like an all punter Zoom, get oh, like man. three Big Ten punters on there and just, oh, that would be so and cool, just have them talk, talk shop. Like do one of those little Twitter deals. Yeah. The Twitter, what's it called? The Twitter neighborhood yeah, the, or whatever <laughs> deal it's called? Twitter neighborhood. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. Something like that. That'd be pretty fun. Maybe I can hey, reach out to Blake Hayes. See okay. if he come on. All right, Corey. Didn't, didn't like Adam Corsak's mom follow you or something like that at one no, point? No, no, okay. no. You're thinking of the, uh, there was a Maryland kicker back okay. in the day. All right. That's who it was. Yeah. Okay. Kicker, punter. I think it was a kicker, though. But he mm. never played, obviously. He, he played. He was yeah. the starting kicker, but he yeah. never actually went out of the field. Crazy. All right. There it is. Um, so we'll go through real quick. Michigan. Did, did we give our grade yet? Oh, <laughs> No, <laughs> we forgot the last two teams. I swear get, to God, we're not yeah. drinking. No, I, we're I'm, not. No, I'm, I've got water here. I, I went with a D. I went with D plus. Okay. Because I just didn't expect that much. But it's I a am. failing grade. Yeah. Got to give them a failing grade. And I guess I went lower just because of what I, not to talk about it again, but I just, I wanted to have more of an idea going into the future. I honestly consider D minus, but at four wins, you're, you know, that's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Could be worse. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, pretty much, uh, we're pretty much right there. I was thinking I was going to be a lot easier, greater than you, but we were we were pretty much right there. I mean, I went, of them. here, let's go down the, got, from top to bottom, A, B, 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 D plus, D, D plus. I went A, B, A minus, B, C minus, D, D. And I thought this was interesting. Team MVP by position, running back, quarterback, 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 punter, kicker, punter. Mine was running back, quarterback, two running backs, a head coach, a safety, a running back, and a punter. I had one quarterback in my entire That's list. pretty good, though. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Actually, now that I think about that, I'm kind of proud yeah. of that. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.